Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. In our opinion, financial health, meaning that you're in control uh, and you understand what's happening with your finance, right? And it takes a lot of, like, there's many different stages for you know, achieving your financial health. I think obviously it started with just basic financial literacy, right? Like understanding what a credit score is, so on and so forth, to, you know, all the way to the end of the spectrum, like understanding how to invest, understanding how to, you know, do all kinds of crazy stuff with your money. Um, And it's definitely a spectrum and it's a work in progress. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, 
tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Welcome, welcome back to the show, my friend. It is so good to have you here. In this episode, we're talking about the power of learning money fundamentals and how those truly are the secrets to a happier and healthier you. Why, you ask? Good question. Learning the money fundamentals, the why and the how-tos really gives you confidence. And as our guest Bolin Lee says, that confidence helps you ask for help, explore the financial world even more, and ultimately make better choices. Bolin is the Gen Z founder and CEO of a company called Zogo, which he founded in his freshman year at Duke University. Backed by scientific research, Zogo's award-winning app offers bite-sized modules and tangible incentives to make financial literacy education accessible, fun, and rewarding. In this episode, we talk about what money fundamentals you need to know, why financial literacy is critical to your success, and how to reframe the role money has in your life so you can be happier and healthier. You're going to love this episode. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. Let's dive into the episode. Bolin, it is so fantastic to have you on the show. I have been excited to talk to you for, for quite some time. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me. I love this idea of talking about building a happier, healthier life and using financial literacy to help you get there. That's certainly one of my main missions on on this podcast. And I read an article where you said that financial health is terribly important because we never discuss it in in a casual context, like we're never really walking around talking about our financial health. Right. And so I wanted to start first with kind of the obvious question, but what is what exactly is financial health? Yeah, so you know that's a really that's a really tough question. That's a good question. It's tough. Um, in our opinion, financial health meaning that you're in control uh, and you understand what's happening with your finance, right? Right. And it takes a lot of like there's there's many different stages for you know achieving your financial health. I think obviously it started with just basic financial literacy, right? Like understanding what a credit score is, so on and so forth, to you know all the way to the end of the spectrum, like understanding how to invest, understanding how to you know do all kinds of crazy stuff with your money. Um, and it's definitely a spectrum, and it's a work in progress. Um, but in our opinion, at Zogo, like we think. The, the most important thing and the first step for all of this is to really understand the fundamentals uh, of financial literacy. And from there, um, you know, people can graduate into, you know, other components of financial health. Yeah, I like that talking about the financial foundation elements, because I'm a certified financial planner, I'm no longer practicing, but I did practice for a little over 12 years. And I found that no matter the age, the demographic, uh, the amount of money somebody made, it, it was always the same conversations coming back to the money foundational elements. And mm -hmm. it's so interesting because we, we technically think, well, the more money you make, really, the more complex and everything gets. But that's not always the case. I'm curious mm -hmm. what, what you see as well. Like, do you do you really see like having these foundations? Like these are the things that oftentimes I feel like people just overlook. Yeah. So 
you know, it's really interesting. I think like today when people think about uh, learning financial literacy, they don't actually like they don't actually learn the fundamentals almost like they, they almost just skip right to the question that they have. So, for example, someone might be thinking about buying a house, right? Instead of like really understanding like from, you know, step one, you know, how, how this all works, how does credit work, how they just go on Google search, how do I buy a house, right? And there's like <laughs> a thousand different articles on there that, you know, talks about, touch upon different things. And they kind of just piece together different informations and different articles to try to solve their problems. Um, but the issues with that is like a lot of the time, it's not a very holistic and, and kind of fundamental understanding of the of the of the problem before they just like jump right into the specific issue. Um, d- does that make sense to you, Shanna? Like, yeah, it does for sure. So, just first, because I'm sure somebody listening is is curious. So, how would be maybe a better way to approach that that question more holistically if you if you want to buy a house? Right. I think you know you first want to understand like you know what does it mean to own a house, right? Like how you know, what's the difference between owning versus renting? What does it mean, you know, uh, to, how, and, then, and then you can move on to, you know, actually how to buy a house. Like, you know, right. you can take loans, you can you know, pay cash, whatever, like all these other things that are more complex. Um, but people often often skip that first step and they go right into the, they go right in, it's almost like a shortcut, you know, um, it's people go right into trying to get the answer without understanding the context of the problem that they're trying to answer. I like that a lot. I think, I don't know uh, your opinion, but I think context takes us, that's like the harder question for us to answer. So we want to just skip over to like the easy how to do it. (laughs) Right. And if you look around, like no one wants to read a textbook, right? Right. No one wants to read like a 10 minutes, 20 minutes long articles explaining all of these things because they're kind of boring. So, and in today's world, everything is so fast paced and everything is so short, bite-sized and all that kind of stuff. Like people just want to get straight to the answers and they want to, they want things that are short, bite-sized and get straight to the point. Um, And so that's why I think a lot of times, you know, people just skip the first step. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's, it's so important, I think, to highlight and it's so easy to skip over, but this is really like where I feel like the meat of achieving your money goals. <laughs> it's, right. act- it's actually right there. And it, and then another thing is just having, in my opinion, being able to have kind of regular, ordinary, really uncharged talks about money, like when you're out with friends or your partner or whatever that might be, just being able to talk about money in a really open way. Right. And I, we don't, we don't, somehow we haven't learned to do that. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of, you know, fear, stress, so how do we, are there ways, I guess I should say, that we could bring this idea of talking about money from this just ordinary place into into the mainstream? Yeah, I think that's a, another really interesting thing. And I, I kind of experienced that in on college campus, right? So I, w- I went yeah. to Duke and it's a lot of smart kids at Duke, right? And you would think everyone is like super well-versed in their finances and understand how things work and blah, blah, blah. But that's definitely not true. Um, and, and really hear people talk about it. And when people talk about it, they would almost like pretend that they understand what's going on. Um, 
but when you ask a question like a layer deeper and deeper and deeper, like they would have no idea what's happening. Um, <laughs> and in in kind of like you said in in society today, um, money is definitely a taboo. Like it's something that people don't really talk about.、Um, and I think the reason for that is because、um, like we kind of correlate money with like.、Uh, Almost like a status symbol. Like we take it too very very seriously, right? Right. It's like money is kind of what we are worth, and it's like it's especially in in our society today, it's kind of capitalistic and all that, right? Like money is like the most important thing.、Um, and you know, I think I think what we need to do, and what Zogo, you know, is trying to do this with with our pineapples, right? But what 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 we need to do is just kind of. Open it up and make people realize that like finance is not that daunting, and it is just part of the part of your life,、um, and you know make a joke out of it almost. Right.、Uh, <laughs> There's no way to escape it, right? Like we have to deal with money, so we have、exactly. the choice in how we're going to deal with it. Exactly. Exactly. And fully acknowledging, to- yeah, fully acknowledging that that money is is stressful. I mean, there's no way around this, and there are societal issues and a lot of things at play. And a lot of us are, you know, might be struggling financially. And and I think that happens to a lot of people at different points in their lives. But it's still very much about, like you're saying, that holistic kind of attitude about it, which is ultimately our choice. Exactly. Exactly. Hundred、um, percent. And you know, when people understand that finance, kind of understand the fundamentals and understand even just like literally the most basic things about finance,、um, I think they will become a lot more confident in themselves. And I think people will talk about it more. What do you think are those? Yeah. What do you think are those those core like fundamental things that that everybody just needs to know? Right, I mean there there are a few, right? Like obviously, like savings,、um, like the the fundamentals of investing, and I can go go on with a few topics. Like we have twenty topics that we picked that we think are you know the the most fundamentals. How to go to college, take loans,、um, and a lot of time is surrounding the life events, right? Right.、Um, so,、um, you know, but but we we believe that you know it's. Really important to not get hang up on these terms. Like you know, that in finance, there's all these like really crazy, complicated, <laughs>、uh, like like terminologies,、um, and we try to really downplay those and, and make sure it's being explained in a language that's like that makes sense to people、um, instead of using these jargons. And、yeah. I think a lot of times that's what's daunting to people. Like they hear these. These words like dollar cost average, rule of seventy two. Like, what are these even mean? <laughs>、um, and and by making it more simple and more understandable and approachable,、um, I think that that's gonna that's gonna help. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go back to when you were at Duke, which is a beautiful campus, by the way. <laughs>、uh, and you you had this idea for your company, Zogo. Tell me about like how did this how did this kind of manifest in your life, and then how did you turn this into an actual an actual company? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a crazy story, right? And it kind of started incubating、uh, since I was in high school.、Uh, 
because uh, I, I personally has always been kind of a nerd uh, in finance and kind of pretty into it since high school. And when I was in high school, we had our high school invited a local bank to come into the school and like they would put up these bankers, right? Like they would put up these really beautiful presentations with like their logos all over the screen, teaching us about budgeting, investing, like all these things uh, in this in these uh, PowerPoints and presentations. And if you look around the room, and I just remember this so vividly because it was that bad, you know, like I just, that's why I still <laughs> remember it till today. Like you look around the room and everyone is just talking to each other, texting on their phone, like no one was paying attention. Um, really disrespectful honestly <laughs> to the yes. teachers but you know it's just so boring like there's no it's it, do, it does make sense that people react that way right um and then by the end of the presentation like the the financial institutions would hand out these flyers and was like open a checking account at our <laughs> bank uh you now you've learned how you know savings work why don't you open a che- savings account at our bank and it's just, you know, it's just make the experience even worse. It just seems like it's just a sales, you know, they try to sell us these things. Right. Um, so that was the experience in high school. And then when I got to Duke, it was eye-opening. Like I said, like smartest kid in the room. There's so many smart people. And you walk around and you ask people, you know, what's your, what's a credit score? And they're all like, oh, credit score is, you know, these things you get, like you used to get loans, stuff like that. And then you ask them like, what's actually, what's the range of this credit score? No one, like, it's just very few people actually know, know that right. answer to that. And isn't that crazy? And we ask people, yeah, totally. what's insurance deductible? Insurance that you would think that's such a, you know, normal topic to know. Um, but that's not true. Like, like, people just don't know what insurance deductible is. I think it was something like 80% of the people we talked to have no idea what insurance deductible is. Um, Interesting. Right. So... So we were then like, you know, like this is actually a huge problem among uh, our generation. That's kind of how we started, like among our friends, among ourselves. Like this is no one kind of taught us these things. And um, and the only education we've gotten is things like what I got in the high school, which is useless. Um, so how can we design an experience that would make sense for our generations? Right. And then obviously we, we being Gen Z ourselves, being in this generation ourselves, we had a lot of ideas and, you know, we started executing on these ideas, uh, getting advice from our professors, our behavioral scientists, who's, you know, well known for like gamification, stuff like that. And yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's how we kind of built the product initially. Um, and then, you know, we started thinking about how do we distribute it and how do we um, build this into a business? And that's when kind of the financial institution partnership com- comes into play when we thought about, what happened in high school in our high school right. right when the banks tried to do this and inauthentic right um presentations like what if there's a more authentic way for them to to deliver these content to their customers and to their communities um and that's when we designed the business model of working with financial institutions um but looking back it's just it's crazy how <laughs> it's uh it has been de- it has developed over time Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. 
I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report, and 
I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. It's Tuesday and we have another Ask Shauna. This is one from Ben. Ben says, hi, Shauna. I'm a fan of the podcast. Thanks for all that you do. I recently accepted a new job, which I start next week. My new employer will allow me to join their 401k plan after a year with the company. I'm wondering what I should do with my current 401k. One of my goals for the year is to be debt-free. I'm considering potentially extracting and using some of my existing 401k funds to pay off my credit card debt and student loans. I also have a Roth IRA, so I'm thinking about adding the max amount this year to that account with the funds as well. I know that this will incur taxes, but I'm really wanting to wipe away my debt. I realize the standard option would be to leave the 401k as is until next year, when I could add to it with my new account. Is it okay to consider using some of my 401k to take care of the debt? Ben, thanks so much for being a listener. This is a great question, and I'm going to run off a list of cons for taking money out of your 401k, your IRA, etc. before age 59 and a half. But at the end of the day, there are also a few pros potentially that I want you to think about. So the cons. You'll have a 10% penalty on the funds you take out, plus you're going to pay taxes based off your tax rate. So let's give an easy example. Let's say you make $70,000 a year and you took out $20,000 from your retirement account, you'd be taxed on $90,000 that year which may not sound that bad, except it could put you in a higher tax bracket and then result in a higher tax bill. So something you definitely want to think about, talk to an accountant or CPA with your specific numbers so you know how that will directly impact you. So while you'll be paying off your debt, which is obviously a pro and you'll be knocking out whatever that interest rate is, on the flip side, you may have to just plan a little bit for a tax bill. Plus, Of course, it also means that you're going to lower your retirement fund balance and any potential growth. So those are the negatives. Now, with that said, this is where it comes down to the, I call it, quote unquote, how I sleep at night factor. If you understand the negatives, but you really, 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 I don't know how many reallys I'm going to have to do here, but let's just say like 50 reallys hate your debt to the point that it keeps you from sleeping soundly. You wake up in the morning like a cold sweat. I hate debt. I hate this. I hate paying it every month. 
it makes me stressed out, I'm afraid, whatever those words are for you, then you have something to consider. And this is where the gray area really comes in because if we look at the cons, if we look at the math around taking money out of your retirement account, it doesn't bode really well. But this whole month, we're talking about the emotional side of money. And I talk about this all the time on the show because I think it's really important and we overlook the emotional side of money. If you go to a financial planner, they're going to look you in the face and probably tell you, don't take money out because it doesn't mathematically make sense. But the emotional side of money says, okay, but we also have to consider at what cost. So just like in your retirement accounts, when you're deciding what to invest in, you're looking at your risk tolerance, like how risky you want to be, how much risk are you willing to take on for a potential return? The same thing can kind of be said in situations like this, weighing out the pros and cons. If the con is so negative to you of having this debt that, like I said, it's it's holding you back, it's keeping you up at night, it's it's making you panic and filled with anxiety, whatever it is for you, if that is so unbearable to you, then it's worth considering maybe the cons are not as bad as they are in your situation. So it really is going to come down to thinking about those two different dynamics, how they weigh for you in your situation. I will say, before you decide to take money out of your retirement account, I would look at every other option first. And maybe you have, but Can you find extra cash in your bank account each month that you can put towards the debt payoff? Are you actually in your numbers every month looking at where your money's being spent? Can you get a low interest loan, maybe from parents or a relative, something where you can pay off that debt, you can still pay back your family or relatives, whoever it may be, but it's a much lower interest rate. Can you refinance your student loans to a lower interest rate. Is that does that make a difference? Can you get your credit cards on say a 0% interest card for 15 months, 18 months, however many months you can get and then rapidly pay them off. So those are just a couple of alternatives. Maybe you might be able to come in, up with a few more, maybe that jogged your mind, but look at all the alternatives first and weigh those out. Are any of those practical or any of those options, do they actually work in your situation? Maybe, maybe not. I I don't know the answer to that. If you do decide to go ahead with this, you'd have to withhold taxes if you took money out of your 401k. So most people don't like to do that. Instead, what most people elect is to do something called a trustee to trustee transfer to an IRA. So rolling your 401k money directly into a new IRA that you set up, where you can opt not to have taxes withheld and then pay up later, or if you can put the money back within 60 days, you avoid some of those cons associated with this process. So Ben, there's a lot of things to consider because taking money out of your retirement account does have some hefty downsides, but also don't discount the emotional side and really spend some time thinking about that, really, because A lot of this process you can't undo once you've done it. So really look at things, write them out on a piece of paper, think about your situation, and then with some confidence, make your decision. So I hope that at least helped you point in the right direction. If you're listening, you haven't asked Shauna, what are you waiting for? Head on over to the link in the show notes or over to our podcast hub at mmoneypodcast.com. Right on the homepage, you'll find the Ask Shauna section. 
fill it out, and I am so excited to answer your question. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Yeah, I have an MBA, and um, none of my cohorts knew anything about personal finance, which to a lot of people who've never been through the MBA program, they think that's crazy because you're sent, I mean, you're getting a master's in business, but when you're in the program, I mean, they just, that's not something that, that they teach you. And that really became sort of my reason for talking endlessly about these things like insurance deductibles <laughs> and credit right. scores and and doing it hopefully in a way that is is somewhat engaging and resonating because right it's it's like we have to we have to experience these things through life we might as well be smart about them right exactly exactly it's it's shocking yeah yeah so tell me this idea of gamification because now Everything is getting, or not everything, but a lot of things are getting gamified. What is it that, what did you learn from the the psychological approach? Does gaming, I mean, does that really help our brains kind of open up and learn things from maybe a different perspective? Yeah, you know, I, I this, this word gamification, I think is like, I, I'm not a big fan of it. And the reason is because um, like at the end of the day, uh, here's here's what here's what i personally learned from our professors like games is not about just making like a lot of little bubbles you know animations and like earning points or whatever that is like what game is about is it's setting goals for people and set, setting very attainable for goal uh, attainable goals for people and telling them exactly how they can achieve it and once they achieve it uh give them some kind of reward or mm-hmm. you know some some kind of that's literally what games is. It's not really those the points you know making, you know making actually like a video game. Um, and there are three components to it: setting the goal for the users, 
telling the users exactly how they can get to their goals and giving them the rewards once when they're done with their goal and then give them the next goal right right <laughs> so, so that's really what games uh, is all about and um and what we learned in our experience and, and another thing i just want to add sorry sorry to go back but another thing i want to add is you want the goals to be um like you want the rewards to come as as, as quickly as possible and as soon as possible like you don't want it to take three years <laughs> right. to hit for the users to hit a goal if you think about a video game that you play right you're constantly you know getting that dopamine hit right you're constantly getting like uh hitting your goal and people love hitting their goals that's one thing <laughs> you know that we all, all all can agree on um and so we applied this this way of thinking this like game gaming way of thinking into education by breaking down complicated topics into really bite-sized chunks, right? Like bite-sized modules. And every time the users complete a module, and by the way, they know exactly how to complete a module, right? It's very clear how they can complete and finish a module. And once they complete a module, they would earn the pineapples, right? <laughs> the signature <laughs> Zogo pineapples in the app. And they can use their pineapples to redeem for all kinds of rewards in, in app, right? Gift card, whatever. So if you think about it from the gamification perspective, we're setting a goal for the user, which is to complete a a module, which usually takes two minutes, two to three minutes to complete. And every time they do that, they know exactly how to do that. And every time they do that, they earn a little bit of pineapples as their reward. Um, And that's kind of the, I think that's the the biggest insight that I learned uh, through this process is- And who doesn't doesn't love pineapples? I know, right? That's that's another thing. We also learned that pineapple is apparently uh, people apparently all love pineapples. So, <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, I I love like just maybe to give um, somebody listening like example of the idea of breaking. Uh, maybe a bigger goal down into much smaller bite-sized chunk is is there maybe a like a fictitious scenario we can kind of talk about to just give that example sure i mean think about it a little bit (laughs) so like how like an example of breaking down a bigger goal into smaller goals yeah so let's say maybe i wanted to my big goal maybe is to like pay off some debt or pay off my student loan debt how would I maybe break something like that or use Zogo to help me break something like that down into smaller achievable goals? Right. So, you know, I think the first step for doing that is to understand like what is going on, right? With, with student loans, like what is, what is out there to, to learn about the fundamentals once again. Uh, and Zogo would definitely guide them through it. And it wouldn't just have a 10 minutes long articles talking about like student loans <laughs> uh, that you have to sit there and read. It will break it down into real world examples and it will it will be Twitter, Twitter styles, right? And then there's like quiz questions that keeps you engaged and you go through maybe instead of a 10 minutes on articles, you maybe go through uh, 10 bite-sized educational modules on Zogo. Uh, and then after that, you know, the, the goal for us is to pass you on to, you know, other tools uh, or other things that you can use to further um, help you with your problems, whether it is directing you to, you know, a refinance tool or whatever, to some of these other things. Um, but we, that's actually in, in 
the, the next phase for Zogo is to building out, you know, those things after they've learned the fundamentals. Cool. Um, right. But right now we're, we're 100% focused on content, right? Like breaking down complicated content into easily digestible content. But the mm, next step yeah. for us is, you know, what's beyond the content. Yeah, I really like that because I think uh, from my experience, most of us have some sort of lofty financial goals and sometimes they feel way too big. And so I think if we could really get our brains around being able to break it down into little bite-sized pieces and then having that, that reward when we achieve something and then also combining that with a resource to maybe help make that actually achievable. I would just have to imagine that that does a lot in your brain to signify like you can actually do this. It's, it, it is maybe a little bit difficult, but you can actually achieve this goal. You can do this. Exactly. That's really important. Um, like I have a friend that he like, his goal is to make a million dollars. That's literally. <laughs> that's, <laughs> hey, that's all right. Yep. His goal is to make a million dollars. And, and he was like, if I don't make a million dollars, I'm never going to drink alcohol. So he doesn't drink any alcohol. Um, so now the, now the best fun to hunt friends to hang out with, but, <laughs> um, it's like, I'm going to make a million dollars, but he doesn't break it down into like steps. He just have this lofty goals of a million dollars, which is why he often get very frustrated. He's like, okay, I'm learning the salaries, right? Like, how am I ever going to be able to do this? Um, and you know, that's, I think a lot of time when people get stuck is they have big goals, but they don't kind of sit down and like you know, make it into uh, actionable, like the actionable right. next step. And that's really what game is all about. There's always an actionable next step for you in the game. Uh, you always know what's next, what's next, what's next. Um, I like that. Yeah. So thinking about spending all this time developing Zogo, I'm curious, have you walked away with maybe any money lessons that you think are really important to this idea of a happier, healthier life? Yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is that like, um, like money is a mean to an end at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, like setting that, like, I think it's really the setting the goal thing I was talking about, like, making sure setting a goal that uh, you know, obviously this aspirational goal, right? A big vision, right. whatever, but also breaking it down into actionable steps. Uh, and that mindset is kind of, um, is, applies to everything in life. Right? It applies to building a wealth, uh, health, financial healthy life. It applies to building a business. It applies to, it, it applies to a lot of things. Uh, big things start small. So it, it's really important to, to do that. And it's, it's also very important to just even have that goal, right? <laughs> a right. lot of people don't even have a goal. They just kind of go for it. Um, so, yeah. So I think that's that's kind of the, the lessons I learned. Be goal I like that. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that big things start small. I think that's definitely a message we don't talk about enough, especially with social media and everything. All we see is the big stuff. Mm-hmm. And we don't often see the small steps that go into the big that thing. Yeah. Right. So you can feel really overwhelming. Well, okay. Th- maybe taking, I want to just take a step back here before we end and and look at like the, the overall picture of financial literacy 
really in the U.S., but I, this could probably be globally. What do we need to do? What, in just your humble opinion, what do you think we need to do in order to really change this so more people know about money from a much earlier age? Yeah, I think there are. <laughs> how do I put this? Um, I think going back, since we're going back, we're going like go back to the very beginning when we started this podcast. We talked about how people kind of skip the step uh, from learning fundamentals to kind of scrambling and just answering questions when they grow up, right? Right. Um, a lot of like that's the shortcut is to just I have a question, I, I get the answer right away. I don't care about the context; I just want to get the answer. Um, and we also talked about how learning a new skills, like, like holistically learning the fundamentals of a new skill is really, really boring and it can be really daunting because it takes a lot of times. It's not really fun. You don't really see the results right away, right? That's another thing. You don't really see the results right away. Um, and oftentimes, uh, you know, just from kind of the internal motivation, uh, at least at Zogo, we believe it's it's not enough. Like, uh, like the internal motivation to really holistically learn about financial literacy, uh, there is like a fraction of a percent of population actually have that internal motivation, <laughs> right? And when that comes into play, there really needs to be external motivations, kind of helping and pushing this through, right? And this could include things like. Uh, Obviously, the Zogo pineapples, the Zogo rewards, it could include things like parents, right? Giving kids, you know, something like to do this. It could include employers enforcing this as part of the onboarding. It could include a lot of different things. Um, but we just believe that this external motivation plus maybe some, a little bit of internal, We <laughs> the internal motivation is really hard, but some type of combination of the two uh, is going to be key for many people to at least understand holistically the fundamentals of finance. And once they acquire that, and we've seen this with hundreds of thousands of users now on Zogo, once they've acquired that like confidence, like they, they will, you know, they will be at a different level than they were before. And they will be more confident to ask for help. They'll be more confident to explore kind of the financial world and what it has to offer. And um, yeah, and, and that confidence is, is really important. And we believe the confidence come from understanding holistically the fundamentals of finance. Um, yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Very, very well said. <laughs> well, Bolin, this has been such a great conversation. I would love for you to tell everyone listening where they go to find out more about Zogo. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, it's on the App Store. If you just search Zogo, you can find the app, uh, or you can go on our website, zogofinance.com. Uh, however, that's mostly for, for banks. If you work at a bank or credit unions uh, or any financial service companies, you can visit us at zogofinance.com. But if you're a user uh, and you're, you're someone who wants to learn holistically, learn the fundamentals of finance and wants to get rewarded for doing that, uh, then go on to the app store is the best place to go. I think what I took away most from this episode was the idea that learning the financial fundamentals does give you this confidence. 
And then that confidence can translate into you making the quote unquote right money moves for you and for your life. So rather than just reading a whole bunch of articles and getting really confused, when you understand the fundamentals, then you can root them back into your why and why this is important to you. And I also learned that everybody loves pineapples. Okay, so maybe not everyone, (laughs) but we all do love a really good incentive. So if you're interested in Zogo, you can find it right in the App Store. It's an amazing app. I'm I'm a big fan of it. Even though I know the fundamentals of money, it's great refresher, I think, even just to reaffirm what you do know. And maybe there's a few bits of information that you need to relearn. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends and family members. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to the episode sponsor and guests in the show. And if you haven't done so already, I'd love for you to leave a review for the podcast. That is how we continue to grow. I'll see you back here in a few days for a new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.